0: I'm here again preaching about the same thing that I spoke about the last, two, the last two times I spoke. So there must be a bit of a theme going on um, there. But um, we've been talking about serving as a disciple, what it means to be a disciple. And, um, and so Dave wants to continue this theme by talking about what it means to serve the Spirit of God. Being a disciple, serving the Spirit. So I think of it as serving the Spirit is both worship and its mission, the two things together. (laughs) When you're doing Lighthouse, you you find all these little ways of making things do things on PowerPoints. So just ignore it. (laughs) It's me playing around. Okay, so this morning I'm going to be talking through three things. There's probably hundreds of ways you can serve the Spirit of God, okay? But I'm only going to look at three things this morning. I'm going to say that the the life submitted to the Spirit of God is connected to the way of God, connected to the vine. If you are serving the Spirit of God, then you are connected to his way and the things that he does. Second thing is that we are devoted in worship. People who are life-submitted to the Spirit of God will have a life of devotion and worship to God. And the third thing is being obedient to what he says. Those three things. Okay, so this is the the verse that Dave gave me to talk about. This is the first time I've spoken about something that hasn't just come from God telling me to say something. So we'll see how that works this morning. It's a new thing for me. So I have highlighted out of this verse something that's come up for me for the very first time in my life. I love it when that happens, when you read something in scripture and something for the very first time in your life, you think, huh. So that's why I've highlighted it. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Ever seen that before? I probably have read it lots of time. For the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake... I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through the faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and to somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. The first time in my life, I read that, and I saw, why am I doing all of this? Why am I considering everything loss for the sake of Christ? For the sake of Christ. And... That is something that I want to highlight this morning. So I want to know Christ. The first thing is someone who serves the Spirit of God as a disciple is connected to his ways, okay? So the act of connection, being connected to Christ, is nothing to do with you. You had nothing to do with it. You could not connect yourself to Christ in any way, shape or form. He did it. But once you were connected... Choosing to stay connected and being in his will is totally our choice. Totally. You have got to remain in him. Otherwise, the life of God will not flow as it wants to through your life. The story of Ruth, I feel, is a really great example of connect, choosing to, net, to serve and connect the way of God. Here's Ruth. She had every opportunity at her disposal. I went for a walk this morning. We're talking in the women's group about, um, about trying to spend some more time with God. Have you managed it? I managed it a little bit. And um, this morning I said, even though Eli was kicking and screaming, she wanted to walk with me. I said, no, I'm going out on my own. And I got to a crossroads and I thought, gosh, this is maybe what Ruth felt like. She was there and she was given the opportunity and said, you know what? You're free to go and have whatever you want now. Go go and find a new husband. Go and have a new life. All the things were at her disposal. And she had that choice. But she chose to serve Naomi. She chose the way of God. She chose to submit herself to Naomi. And in doing that, she did gain. She gained a redeemer. She was redeemed by the living God, and she was grafted in to the family line of God. Did she she stay with Naomi to gain? No. She did it to serve. She did it out of love for her. And in doing that, she she gained the life of God in many ways that she wasn't expecting. So isn't that like us? We, by the pure grace of God, have been grafted into the family line of God, into that vine that John talks about. Not next to it, not people who occasionally experience something of God, but grafted in, receiving the same lifeblood as the chosen people of Israel and the same lifeblood as Jesus. We have become, by doing that, priests. You didn't have to be born into the line of Levi To become a priest, you've become a priest. You've become inheritors in the kingdom of God. You've become partakers in the wonderful purposes and plans of the living God because God chose you and He connected you into His family line. He did it. Much more than that, we have been knitted (coughs) together. We have been knitted together in Christ. We've been adopted, and God's name is written across our very hearts. In Jeremiah 31, it says, when, when God was talking about the new covenant he was going to make, the one that we are now in, he says... This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or man teach his brother saying, know the Lord. (laughs) I like that. Because they will all know me. How cool is that? You don't have to be taught in some respects to know God because he's within you and he wants to teach you. He will teach you. He is, the, he is the discipler and you are the disciple. He said, because all of those will know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord. And whenever there's a declaring there, I love that. And again, God speaks about the future of Zion in Isaiah 54 and he says, oh, afflicted city lashed by storms and not comforted. Hey, 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 who have we got? The Comforter, the Holy Spirit. O afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will build you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with sapphires. I will make your battlements of rubies and your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. The new city, the new kingdom, the new us. All your sons will be taught by the Lord. There it is again. And great will be your children's peace. In righteousness, there's Jesus, you will be established. Notice the emphasis is on God doing all of that. God has done it all. Really, you know, if we're connected to the Father, his spirit, the spirit of God, we sang this morning, um, heaven come. And I get that. But I'm thinking it's already here. The heaven of God, heaven is here. Heaven come. I'm thinking heaven come. (laughs) That's maybe what it's saying, isn't it? It's not saying heaven come. I hope not. It's not saying that. Maybe it's saying heaven come. Come. Okay? And to do heaven, for heaven to come come. (laughs) <laughs> we are like the tabernacle, they talk about making the ladies laugh the other day. I keep thinking myself of the tabernacle of the living God, you know? And the tabernacle was picked up, wasn't it? And it was taken. I kind of see myself as his tent and it was put down. And then occasionally the spirit of God came and then he resided there. But we have the spirit of the living God living within this tabernacle. And we need to let the tent pegs out. Yeah? Let out the tent pegs. Let the Spirit of God have room to live in our lives, to have action. Let heaven come. Let heaven come. So he's the best teacher, and we must be his disciple first. The purpose of the church should be, we should be to confirm the word of God that he's giving us revelation in our day-to-day life. I should be having revelation of something that God is saying. Someone's, Eric's or someone is getting up here and saying it. I'm going, you said that to me this week. It's true. You're confirming your word to me. I shouldn't be turning up to church or going to a conference or anything else to try and hear something necessarily. We can hear from each other, but God wants to teach us. You will be taught by the Lord and they will all know me. So if you're here this morning and you're thinking someone else knows more than you, they have the same Holy Spirit who's speaking to them, who wants to speak to you. He wants to bring revelation for this church. He wants to bring revelation from the youngest to the oldest. New Christians should be taught. They don't need to come necessarily and learn something from me. Go to God. Yes, you can learn something from me. You can learn something. So God has told me something to tell you. But go to God. It's much more fun. It's much more fun to go to God, sit there and have revelation. And then you hear someone say something. You say, God, you said that to me. It must have been you. (coughs) we should be then running together at the pace that God has set for us, encouraging a pace change, saying, come on, God, right, we're ready for another pace change as your church. Change the pace. And we should be going, asking God what direction we're going through, the youngest and the oldest, we should all be hearing God. All of us should be hearing God. He wants to speak to us. So, Being submitted to his presence and connected to his way means aligning yourself with his will. And we talked a lot about this this morning. We're singing about submitting to the life of the spirit. But if if our prayers, if what we're wanting is what we think we want, we need to go and say, God, what is it? Let's find out what God thinks. What does God want? And then let's align ourselves with what he wants. Paul says... What part of that is how gain wisdom is forgetting what has gone before and pursuing the things which are in front. We can't change yesterday. We might have said to ourselves in the past, you know, I've not done this. I've not done that. God wants to start with us afresh today. He wants us to pursue for the future. He wants a new people. He said that before, hasn't he? He wants a new people. He has promised, he has connected you, and he will do it. But we must align ourselves with the perfect will of God. So i just put a little pin in this. We, in our group, in the Women's Connect, we had a bit of a fun time talking about what it means to be the aroma of Christ and that actually, do we know the aroma of Christ? Are we, are we familiar with with what the aroma of Christ smells like. So we brought perfumes. We had to try and guess which was ours when we sniffed it as it went round. I was going to do something, but the men have all fallen out of the, of the game. There's not enough of them. <laughs> but what I was going to do is get the wives up here and get them to spray a bit of their perfume. Then the men had to try and guess whose wife it was, if it was theirs. But I'm going to do that one this morning. Richard's like, you wear so many perfumes, I'll never know. <laughs> Okay, but in 2 Corinthians um, 2.15, it says, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. That's because the Holy Spirit lives within us, and he makes us like Christ. So to God, he's seeing us, and he's saying, that's my kids. That's Jesus shining through there. That's my character being seen in my kids, in my children. And and it says that we are aroma of Christ amongst those who are being saved and those who are perishing, both alike. So I was asking myself, what is this aroma of Christ? I think, is my, my, my thought, I think the aroma of Christ is the character of Christ by the Holy Spirit living in us. So what does that look like? His gentleness. No one has ever become gentle and I know this because I have said it to my kids by saying to them, "Be gentle." Yeah. We said this. So this is what, isn't it we said. This the women said, "Be holy." You can't become holy. Don't be holy. You can't. You can only become gentle like Christ <laughs> by being in His presence, learning what it means to be that, asking Him to live through your life, and allowing Him to do it. That's the only way we are going to live, be the aroma of Christ in this earth, is saying, God, I want to be gentle like you. Make me gentle like you. His goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy. Can you imagine what the world would look like if you had people who were faithful like Christ walk in this earth? People who were merciful like him, who carried his peace, his nature of forgiveness, (coughs) his meekness his servant-heartedness, his integrity, his justice, his patience. You could keep going on, isn't it? His longing for souls, his joy, all of this and his love, which binds all of those things together. I think this is the aroma of Christ. I remember you spoke once, Eric, about people who were in a perfume factory didn't have to even touch the perfumes. you Remember that? But when they left the factory at night, they still smelt of the perfume that they were, of the place they were working in. They weren't actually even touching the perfume. <clears throat> and when we, when we were, had our women's group on Tuesday, some of us went outside with uh, like a, a fire pit and had a group out there. And Viv said to me the other night, she said, I could still smell the smoke on my coat a couple of days after. And I thought to myself, that reminds me of that really lovely time we had with God outside in Leah's house. And I thought to myself, it's like that, isn't it? You know, when you spend time with God and that aroma stays with us, doesn't it? So when we go out, you've experienced the the love of God. You go out, you carry it, don't you, Um, with you into the world. So in John 15, it says you are already clean because of the word of God I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So it's pretty pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? That to stay connected, what that means is to stay in his presence, to stay aligned to his will and his purposes. Stay where he is. Okay, staying connected is more than just reading our Bible or shooting up a prayer, because actually someone who doesn't, whose life is not submitted to God could do that. You could still read your Bible and you could still pray. It doesn't mean that your life is submitted and aligned to the will of God. It's about full immersion. It's not like baptism like this on your head. You have got a full, headlong fall into that pool of submission to God. It's a life-giving, self-denying, spirit-heeding worship, obedience, total submission, and saying, God, I will do what you want me to do. Bring this on to the next point, devoted in worship. A life submitted to the Spirit and a disciple of the Spirit will, will want true worship. In the Webster's Dictionary, it says that worship is to honor, you said this this morning, Diane, worship is to honor with extravagant love, and extreme submission. How can you get so excited about submission? I'm, I'm so excited about it. I, I, think, I think it's just the fact that you, I know there's a of surpassing worth that's to come from this. If I bow my knee to Jesus, I know there is a greater worth involved in coming my way than it is in what I'm giving up. And so we're talking about this surrender, surrender. It can actually be an overwhelming thing if we don't understand the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ our Lord, can't it? So true worship is about sinking lower in submission. And that's kind of just saying, you know more than me. (laughs) So just have your way, not mine. I'm just going to come under what you say, me and do what you want me to do. Going deeper, learning from the Holy Spirit, acknowledging that God is mighty and in total control of everything. If we don't believe that God is in total control of everything, we're on a bit of sticky ground, actually. We're a bit, if, we, if we're thinking that God's not powerful to do one thing... Or another, and we kind of then we we are in a bit difficult situation. There, we have to understand that even if we don't understand something that's going on, God has total and utter control of this, of our country right now, of the world, everything in it. He is in total and utter control of everything, and he holds everything in his hands. Okay, the songs that we sing. are kind of just vehicles to remind us why we should worship they are part of worship aren 't they because we 're saying stuff to God and we 're and we're being in god 's presence, but worship goes, I believe a lot deeper than that I will, when I was nineteen and I came back from God, you kind of, kind of, you really can 't kind of understand where I was because I was so disobedient that I was so disobedient really that I was saying I was a Christian and living like worse than a non-Christian uh, for a while. This is why I understand the grace of God a little bit because really shouldn't be standing here right now but by the grace of God. And so when I came back when I was 19 I decided when I started my morning times with God that I wouldn't let any food or water go past my lips until I'd spent time with God, okay? And I was living in a house of other Christians. And um, it it actually threatened people because people would say to me, you don't have to be like that, you know. God doesn't mind if you have breakfast, you know. But it wasn't that for me. I wasn't being legalistic. I wasn't trying to be over the top or extreme. For me, I wanted to feast on what God had to say for me. For me, that was much more important. I'd realized that was more important than my food. And I wanted to say to... This is me saying to God, I love you more. I love you more. And um, I went through quite a few discussions with people who, who got, you know, thought that I was just really quite over the top. But I knew it was saying I love you. I was acknowledging that his word was my true food... and his spirit was my true water. And that it was a love gift from me to him. And sometimes I got... And, and I got great joy in doing that. Great joy in doing that. And sometimes I would fast for days... and people would say, you need to stop. And I'd be like, I'm loving it. And people really didn't understand what I was coming from. For, for me... I wasn't doing it to gain anything. At that time, I really understood I'd, I'd I'd been given I'd be given life back. And so, what I'm trying to say is, there are ways of worshiping God, which are are different and will depend on us. We, I can't tell you to do one thing because it might not mean anything. But let's try and find ways where we can say to God, I worship you. I I give you the worth that you are. And this is my way of saying, I love you. Because I consider everything else a loss, knowing the surpassing worth of knowing my Christ Jesus and is my Lord. Okay, so the third one I'm going to talk about is... A life submitted to being disciple of the Holy Spirit is being obedient to what he says. I'm going to start off with a story I heard once. I, had th- I heard this guy, he came to Kingdom Life when I first come back to God. And he, and he said, I said, as he was American, I don't know who he was. And he said, I said to God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a year. I'm going to say yes to everything you say. I don't know what he's saying. And I thought it was quite bizarre. I thought, why just a year? <laughs> but he, this is what he said, and he said, "I'm going to give. It, I'm going to say yes. Everything you tell me to do, I'm going to say yes." And he said, one day he was walking along, praying along this street, and the Holy Spirit said to him, "Shout Jesus through that um, through that letterbox." It's like he said the, the one time out of it, the whole time, I was like, "I don't want to do that," you know. And the Holy Spirit said, "You said you say yes. Shout Jesus through that letterbox." <laughs> so he lifted it up. Jesus, <laughs> he was like, pegged it off down the street and opened this door opened and someone came out and said, excuse me, who, who just did that? I said, like, oh, okay, so he went back, he said, I didn't. He, he was thinking all the things he was going to say, how he was going to explain why he, he'd done it and this person was in tears. They were just about to commit suicide and they'd said to God, they'd prayed and said, Tell me what the answer is. Jesus! <laughs> Obedient to God is a joyful thing. Sometimes God will make us or make us or ask us to do something, and it will really cost us. <coughs> it might make us look really silly and stupid. And during this time as well. I was praying, I was asking God to speak to me more, give me visions, and I sat there in my room, and I said, okay, show me someone, show me someone on the street, and I'll go and speak to them. So I sat there, and I got a picture of this woman with a you know, headscarf and stuff on. Where will there be a woman with a headscarf? So I turn, I turn up in my car outside the, new, the mosque in Abington, and I sat there, and I'm like, she's going to come in a minute, she's going to come in a minute. No, <laughs> there's men everywhere. Like, she's going to come in a minute, she's going to come in an hour, I'm sitting there okay 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 hour and a half two hours three hours did not see one woman with a headscarf and and I said oh I mustn't have heard you and the Holy Spirit said to me you did what I asked you can go home I was like what does that mean that's a bit weird And as I was thinking about it, then the following week, I was on my way, because I used to go and spend time with the homeless people on my own. Again, people saying to me how stupid I am, but I was like, I didn't care. I used to spend time with a lot of the homeless people in town. I was walking, and I knew this one guy, and I was walking my way to church to St. Giles one day, and I looked across, I thought, oh no, he's going to want to talk to me for hours, and I just want to get to church. So I keep walking, (laughs) keep walking, keep walking, And um, I sit in church and I sat there and the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to go out. He's going to be walking in a couple of minutes down. I saw a picture of it down Abington Street. You need to go and tell him he's loved by me and invite him to come to church. And I saw exactly where I would see him. So I got up in the middle of the church service, sunk out. Walked up, and there he was. As I'm walking up, to St. Giles, you know, it's from St. Giles to the Avenue Street. There he is, walking, just exactly where I said. And, and then I, when I was so excited. You can imagine what I was like. Rushed up to the guy who was a bit like, hmm. <laughs> and, um, and said to him, you know, I've just been in church, and God told me, I've got to come and tell you this. And he didn't come. I was like, but I told him what God told me, and I went back. And on the way back, I'm like, I don't get this. This time, something did happen. But it didn't happen the way I wanted And God said to me, you did what I told you to do. You can go back. And this process happened quite a bit, where I was learning to just do what God wanted me to do and not take responsibility. It's God's responsibility, but we need to be just obedient to what he wants us to do. So William Wilberforce, as we know, was obedient to the spirit of God, obedient to the call. And he said this, there are four things that we ought to do with the word of God. Admit it is the word of God. Commit it to our hearts and minds. Submit to it and transmit it to the world. Being obedient to God's word and his call. So there might be a lot of people through their lives who have thought to themselves, what's my call, what's my call, what's my call? And I will tell you this morning what your call is. Ready? The ministry of reconciliation. This is what we've been called to. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of, re- of reconciliation. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We have been given the message, the ministry of reconciliation. Ultimate. That's it. You've all been given. That is your ministry. Reconciliation. However God chooses to do that through you, if anything on top of that and a different way of doing it, he will show you. But that is his word. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I keep clicking on far too far. Okay. So in that then, in that vein when you might have thought to yourself i'm not an evangelist blah blah i'm not this i'm not that you don't have to have necessarily that gift but god can show you how to bring this gift of reconciliation to the world in a way that only you can give so let's ask god let's ask him for opportunities and say god how can i be your vessel how can show me i am ready i am willing i want to do it god I am your vessel. Your Holy Spirit, heaven has come. Let heaven walk out. Let heaven move out. Let heaven go into the news agents. Let heaven go into the pet shop. Let heaven go into the hospital with babies that have been born born or premature. Let's go and give the parents a rest. Let heaven come. Let heaven go. Let heaven be what heaven wants to be on this earth. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are there for both the church and for the world, but primarily for the church, building up the church of God. And we're going to see something in a minute, evidence of somebody who is taking who they are with the presence of the Holy Spirit, being a good disciple of the Holy Spirit, saying, God, I'm going out. I'm just going to go and take heaven wherever you want me to take you. So I'm not going to show you this clip because it is the perfect way to talk to somebody about Jesus. I'm showing you this clip because um, I want you to look for those three things I've spoken this morning in the life of this person here, this Christian. He's a person just like you and me. I want us to look for his obedience to the Spirit of God. I want us to look for his worship, how he gives worse to God in, in what he does. And the first one was how he's connected To the ways of God, how he connected to God. He's going to go into the middle of a satanic worship day in the streets in Brazil. He has a translator with him and he goes in and he just bees himself, but he takes the Spirit of God into that situation where God can act and God can be. So I'm going to let you watch this and then we'll talk about it.
1: You like art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an artist. So real creative. Have you ever have you ever desired have you ever desired to do uh, animation? Animation. Yeah. So I feel in my heart that what I heard was that you're gonna end up in a career to where you're going to help to design animation. Something that the world has never seen. You have that grace upon you, man. My parents gave me up when I was little. So started drugs at 11. Fully totally hooked, 11 years old. Brian, from Corn. Hooked on drugs from little kid. Same. And I didn't realize the value of life. (laughs) Like when you were born, (laughs) you were born into a family (laughs) that didn't know how valuable you were. (laughs) Same as me. My mom and dad didn't know the value of life. Same stuff. Brian, the same stuff. A lot of people, the same stuff. So I became suicidal. I wanted to put a gun on my head and be done with my life. So seven and a half years later. I went out and I ripped off the drug dealer. He was in my car. I told him I was a cop. Get out of the car, put your hands on the hood. And when I did, he opened up. A full clip of a 9mm. I heard a voice when the bullets came out. The voice said, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me? I've done the Ouija boards. The terror cards. I've done it all. I couldn't find any peace. That night, I heard that voice. I got home, I thought it was good. I thought it was bleeding. There were no bullets in my car. From three meters. And the voice wouldn't go away. I went away. To a rehab, another rehab. And I was there for two months. And I had three nights in a row. Where I met Jesus. I didn't meet church, I didn't meet religion, I met him, he told me he was the voice, he rocked my life, he changed my everything, he made me a dad, and I came home, and my girlfriend met Jesus when I went away and we got married four days later and that was 14 years ago man, I'm telling you he loves me. I promise okay I love you I love you so much can I pray for you? yeah, come, come here Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. Bless my friend. Bless him. Let him know how much you love him, God. I thank you in Jesus' name. Show him who he is, God. In Jesus' name. Let him be that animator. Let him make those cartoons. In Jesus' name. Sometimes people say, "Well, why didn't you get him to pray the prayer? Why didn't you get him saved? Why didn't you do this?" First of all, you don't get anybody saved. We sow, we water. God brings the increase. God is the one that does the saving. We are His vessels. But I can't be so after their juggler bait that I'm not realizing that God's after their heart. I believe that kid's going to go home. When I believe the Holy Spirit's going to be up all night and what He'll do is say, I love you. I've always loved you. That man was from me. He was a messenger. He loves you. And I always pray after I touch somebody, if I don't see them come to Jesus, I always pray, God, send forth laborers into the harvest field right where they are. God, let them be totally swamped with Christians that love God. Let them be surrounded. Let other people water where I just sowed. God, bring increase, bring increase, bring increase. I have faith in seed. I have faith that God says when the seed is sown, it grows up. I have faith that somebody's will that's dominated by lies and principalities has nothing on someone's will that's possessed by truth and hopes the best. I just believe that his free will that's blinded by lies cannot dominate my will that is possessed by the truth that God wants all people to be saved and that they come to the knowledge of him.
0: good, isn't it? I, I, there's so many things I love about, about that, but can you see that in his life, he's no different. I mean, he's obviously had a different life from some of us. He's, his life is no different from yours or mine. But What he's done is he's taken the word of God that says that he has a ministry of reconciliation. He has the word of God living in him. I tell you, I love the fact he grabs that guy's head and he puts his head on there and he's praying for him, knowing that the power of the living God that lives in him is greater than the one who is living or possessed with the man he's touched. I love that. He goes with the confidence of heaven in his heart. And he goes out to share the love of God. I love the fact that if he does pray for people, actually, we've seen him, haven't we, Leon, some of the things he's done. And he does pray for people who don't know him, but he, he knows it's about God. God will do it. I've just got to sow and be obedient to the life of God in me. His worship was to lay down his life, his self, his everything to get into the middle of everybody else, his time to get in to share Jesus. So I'm finishing there today, but life submitted to being a disciple of the Holy Spirit, we are living in the new (coughs) covenant where the Holy Spirit is the one who reigns in our life and he's been given to us for the sole purpose of this ministry until Christ comes again. So if we're to be a disciple of the Holy Spirit, we need to say, I want to learn from you. I want to submit to you. I want to submit to your ways. I want to get to know what the aroma is, what it smells like. What is your aroma? Let me know what that's like and let me be that aroma to this world that is lost and this world that is dying. So I, like him, I'm going to believe that whatever's been said or not said, that God will continue this conversation in our hearts as we go home and wherever we go this week, that whatever God has got to say to each one of us, let him do it. Let's let him do it. Let's say, a good friend of mine who, who's, who actually became the chaplain to the um, president of Chile, he's just a church leader in Chile, um, he became the chaplain doing the whole thing with the Chilean thing. And the miners, he was the person who said to the president, we need to pray. He was the one. And I learned from this from him. He said to me, when I stayed with them, that he said to me, that he said to his church one day, we need to say to the Holy Spirit, we enroll in the school of the Holy Spirit. Enroll. Say, I want to enroll. I want to learn all that you have to show me about your spirit because it's been given to me, Your Holy Spirit has been given to me for a purpose, not for me just to know that I have sealed into the day where I meet you, but this Holy Spirit has been given to me for a purpose on this earth, and I want to know everything that you have got to teach me. So maybe that's something that we could ask God to be involved in the school, the Holy Spirit, what he's got to say. Um, Alan is going to come and share communion with us. And then while communion's happening, I've got the song, Knowing You, Jesus, which is is exactly about this verse that we've been talking about um, today. You can join in with singing it um, while you're doing communion or after communion. I'll leave that with you. But thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Alan.